Time now for us to find out what else is happening after our high from the Olympic Games. Here is tonight's Sports Face with Ben Cullen. Welcome back to Sports Fix, everyone. It's Ben Killen here with this week's update. As the sun sets on a games like no other, and the Olympic family prepares to pack up and leave town, how will one of the most controversial sports events in modern history be remembered in years to come? Every games is different, of course, but Tokyo 2020 was truly unprecedented. Regardless of the sporting drama that unfolded over the 17 days, it will always be the COVID Olympics. The first such event to be staged during a pandemic. The first to take place amid a state of emergency. And the only one to be stripped of spectators. Given those challenges, the fact this event was completed at all and provided so many special moments will be viewed by some as a minor miracle. By others, as a powerful symbol of sports defiance and the host's resilience. A gamble that has paid off. I love Tokyo 2020 and I hope you did too. But what I love more was how Hong Kong really took to the Olympics as a nation, as our superstars brought home six medals. Let's go, Hong Kong. We want more medals in Paris 2024. But for now, thank you, Tokyo 2020. The British and Irish Lions lost an agonizingly close series decider to South Africa, as Mornay Stain's late penalty sealed the 1916 victory. Stain landed the kick that decided the 2009 series and proved little had changed as he put the Springboks ahead with two minutes left. The Lions led at halftime after Ken Owens' try and composed kicking from replacement fly half Finn Russell. Cheslin Colby crossed and from there it was all down to the goal kickers. Russell, who came on for an injured Dan Bigger in the 11th minute, traded kicks for Stain before the Springbok 10 dealt the final blow to add a series win to their 2019 World Cup success. Lionel Messi is ending his 21-year association with Barcelona. They cannot afford to honour the new contract they agreed with him because of the La Liga's salary limit. The record six-time Ballon d'Or winner, who's 34, has signed a two-year deal with PSG this week. My family and I were convinced we were going to stay here, at home. This is the end with this club, and now a new story will begin, added the Argentina forward. Yes, it's one of the most difficult moments for me. I don't want to leave this club. It's a club I love, and this is a moment I didn't expect. Last year, I wanted to leave. This year, I wanted to stay. That's why I'm so sad. We now welcome back Dan Wells to the studio. Dan is a racing car driver, and we started our chat with him a few weeks ago. What was the process? How did a week look for you? How much time was spent reading, watching tape, and actually practically driving? Well, I mean, I was actually working at uh, my family's restaurant. And, uh, yeah, so I, I started kind of washing dishes there, being a waiter, and then eventually kind of managing, in inverted commas, um, the, the, the place when I was, like, 17, 18 years old. And by managing, what I mean is I'd tell everyone what to do and then sit in the office and just watch racing videos all day long. <laughs> um, so, you know, basically, yeah, I, I, I kind of I also had a job at Waitrose. I was stacking shelves at Waitrose. Anytime I wasn't doing that, I was training, uh, you know, physical training, basically, a lot of running, a lot of exercise. You know, I was down to, like, 10% body fat, something like this, because, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, I am quite tall, certainly for a racing driver. So, um, yeah, I had to be very low body fat 
and then yeah any any time which i could you know watch videos or obviously actually test go and test the cart and uh, and learn and develop you know i was willing to put the time in awesome can you clarify how tall you are for everyone listening <laughs> yeah i think um 194 centimeters so what's that six foot three something like that tall for a driver yeah yeah it made formula cars quite difficult i mean i did do formula three okay. and uh, drove a formula two car formula two car was actually i could fit in that the formula three was you know, you'd spend about six hours making the seat because you had really have to squeeze yourself in. But uh, now I'm in GT cars and it's a, it's a bit more comfortable for me. What are the differences between Formula 3 and Formula 2 and Formula 1 cars? Um, yeah, so basically it's just the, the general speed, the amount of technology, um, budget certainly is very different. You know, a Formula 3 car has, let's say, 220 brake horsepower and it has a fair amount of aerodynamic downforce, okay, which is basically how fast you will be able to go around a corner. Once you get to a Formula 2 car, you've got, let's say, 500 horsepower and you've got more downforce. And then also the brakes are better. Just everything is better, basically. Then you get to Formula 1 and, you know, it's just a different kettle of fish. Um, it is, you know, it'll go 210 miles an hour and you'd be able to go around a corner at not far off those speeds. So, uh, yeah, just the amount of technology, basically. Understood. Okay, so what are the most difficult aspects of race in itself? Hmm. I'd say the difficult aspect, as a young driver, it's trying to get everything in place off track in order to get in the car. That's that's the hardest thing. Um, so making your sure, preparation. Well, preparation, but you know, making sure that you have your sponsors, your backing, whether it's a manager, everything kind of taken care of, so that you can focus on the job itself, which is to drive the car to the best of your abilities. I'd say that's that's kind of the hardest things for a junior driver. Um, once you're kind of established, I'd say it's just kind of like keeping that focus, keeping that work ethic, that preparation, so that each race weekend you go into, you're basically at the peak of your performance. So you have to continue to enjoy what you do to love it and you have to you know even through tough times you have to kind of dig deep and keep going through it because you know and, and motorsports so you know even if on a terrible day yeah you hate it but you come back the next day and you, you just want to do better of course um, yeah so yeah that's the main thing can you talk to us about how your schedule has looked across the last while no doubt it's been disrupted and you've told me you spent a lot of time in quarantine yeah and give us a look towards the next few months as well yeah sure i mean yeah obviously with uh, last year 2020 i was meant to be having about 22 race weekends in you know historic cars modern cars in asia and europe which uh, would have been amazing at the end of the day we got two races in in february and then obviously the rest of the time was spent just in the flat in, in Hong Kong. After that, this year I've been racing in Europe. The quarantine-wise, I mean, I was unlucky enough to have the virus last year, end of last oh, year. Oh, no. I, I went to Europe for uh, three weekends of work and ended up having zero and sat in a caravan in Germany. Obviously, did the return to Hong Kong and then I've had Asian Formula 3, which I have run a team uh, in, in the, uh, the Middle East, basically. They do a, a winter championship for cool. young drivers. And, uh, and this year I've been racing the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Europe season uh, with my co-driver Oscar Lee, who is uh, yeah, uh, a young driver, he's 22 years old, kind of learning his craft. I'm, I'm assisting him with that. And, uh, and of course, as you said, there's, there's a lot of quarantine. So I just finished my second three-week hotel quarantine uh, last Monday. So, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the current F1 season. I've been enthralled by it, and my love for F1 has increased dramatically across the last two years, I would say. Yeah. Any thoughts or comments to start off with? Yeah, I mean, Formula One, we went through a patch a few years ago where it was, um, I'd say it was a little bit stagnant, um, but then obviously Liberty Media, they, they've taken over the running of Formula One from a few years ago. I think what they've done 
has been superb. They've used social media. That you know the teams are more open. They're allowing this access to fans, which has not been. Well, it never used to happen, and you know, under the days of, of Bernie Eccleston, who used to, who used to run Formula One. So it's it's been absolutely superb. And you see, this year, finally, we've got two guys who are basically you know the best drivers in two relatively evenly matched cars who are going to you know one's fighting to break history and like make eight world titles and the other one who's spent five years trying to get his first world title has the talent for it but hasn't had the machinery so it's going to be a very exciting season and i just can't wait for the rest of the season to see how it plays out yeah completely agree now the majority of our audience are the younger generation they are teens and early 20s and we like to offer advice for them from our guests so Firstly, how do you think you were successful in your sport and what advice you could offer for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the the drivers I work with, you know, these are young guys who are, let's say, anything between the ages of 13 to 18, roughly. You know, the, the, the advice which I would give is, you know, figure out what you want, what you want to do in life. Be honest with yourself as to what that is. And also ask yourself, you know, how much you're willing to, to sacrifice for that. If you've figured that out and you're willing to give everything, then, you know, go at it. Absolutely, 100%. You know, you have to you have to work exceptionally hard. There'll be some exceptionally difficult days. I remember some days for me here in Hong Kong where, you know, I, I had my father over here and we were trying to get things sorted. And, you know, you'd just basically just be exhausted and you'd be crying into your noodles at the end of the day. But you have to go through those moments. If you want it enough, you'll find a way. Good. Love that. Dan, thank you so much for coming in, sharing your quite amazing and unusual story into motorsport. Good luck for your upcoming races. Good luck for your quarantines. <laughs> and uh, I'll be following your journey. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks so much. Top man. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. After three Fridays of Olympic action, we change our sport in focus. This weekend, we point our eyes in the direction of the most followed football league in the world. The English Premier League is back, and my hottest ticket in the world this week is Manchester United versus Leeds. Have a great weekend all, and I'll see you for your sports fix next week. Thank you so much, Ben, and join us every Friday for your latest sports fix featuring Ben. Common Rule with Alison Howe.